to the sad bastard. I'm Dave Tarnowski. I recently read something so simple, yet so profound. Change your relationship with your unchangeable past. I've been wrapped up in a ton of regret recently. More so than I had been in a while. I found an apartment in New York that I'll be moving into in June. And it should excite me much more than it is at the moment. It's beautiful. In a cute little three-family home, I'm on the top floor. And it's in the neighborhood I want, just a few blocks from Astoria Park and the East River in one direction, and the train and stores and the cool strip of bars and restaurants and where my brother lives in the other direction. And yet most of what I feel is sadness and defeat. I'm leaving behind my old life, officially, physically. But thinking about changing my relationship with my unchangeable past is a revelation. It's been nearly impossible to accept the things I've done, the things I've said, all of that shit. I recently had another phone conversation with my ex that I handled incredibly poorly. I mean, it was a fucking disaster. She called me out for having a history of not respecting her boundaries. This was right after asking yet again if there was any chance for us getting back together. And that was kind of a revelation in and of itself. I had never looked at it like that. And suddenly it was all I could see. Not just with her, but with so many people in my life over the years. I've always been one of those people who doesn't have much of a filter between their brains and their mouths and my emotions always get the best of me. I mean, always. Like, a couple of days after the terrible phone conversation, I almost texted her to apologize. I feel like my life has been nothing but a string of bad decisions and apologies. And as I wrote the text, it kept getting longer and longer, and I ended up cutting it and pasting it into a note to edit it and write more. Let me just say this, if you have to cut and paste a text into a note to work on it in there, you shouldn't send that text. Texting has made me even worse with boundaries. Not to mention social media, commenting, messaging. Months ago, when I was still using Facebook, I had made a bunch of stupid comments on stuff my first wife posted, which led to her blocking me. We've since reconnected, and I harbor no negative feelings about her blocking me. I mean, I understood it completely. I would have blocked me. But again, I need to change my relationship with my unchangeable past. I did when it came to her. It took years to get over her. Years and tons of other women. And I probably carried some of that into my second marriage. But it's just like that. You never truly get over someone. I think anyone you're with for a long time will always hold a place in your heart. After all, you give it to them, and it's not something you can exactly take back. 
Time helps, but so does giving another piece of your heart to someone else. I honestly don't know that I could be alone for too long. I was in a cab and the radio was on some show that was talking about how much the pandemic is messing with people's mental health and how people are feeling worse and worse the longer they go without physical touch. The host referred to it as skin hunger. We are hardwired for it from birth. And made me immediately think of my ex and how much we touched each other constantly. The incredible cuddles and hugs. And how much I miss that. How much I regret taking it for granted and consciously blowing things up and making it so I'd never feel them again. You do it to yourself, it's true. And that's what really hurts. Thank you, Tom York. When I went back to New York for a visit, I thought the hugs I would receive from people I loved would make me feel better. But honestly, they didn't. I felt almost nothing. All I want is to hug my wife. My ex. My most recent ex-wife. Oh, we're back there again. Change your relationship with your unchangeable past, Dave. You can do it. You can let go. You can forgive yourself. You can stop reliving it. You can stop yourself from making things worse. Sometimes trying to make things right only makes them worse. Change your relationship with your unchangeable past. Understand that it's unchangeable and accept that. No matter how much you wish that weren't true, you can't undo anything. You can't unsay anything. All you can do is do better in the future. And the future becomes the past every second of every day. The work is never done. That's what's so hard about it. Focus on the things that make you happy. Get your head out of your sadness. My first wife told me that recently. And she's absolutely right. I haven't been able to enjoy anything in a while. I've been resistant to enjoying things, to be honest. Afraid of getting hurt. Being disappointed. Or maybe I felt like I didn't deserve it. That I have to pay penance. Part of me wonders if I just don't know what makes me happy anymore. Most of the things that used to just don't do it for me anymore. Maybe those things didn't really do it for me either. Maybe that's why I've always sought comfort from drugs and alcohol. They made me not think about anything bad. What makes me happy is love, touch, romance, tenderness. Things that seem so remote to me right now. But can those be the only things? What a heartbreaking existence. And in a way, that's indeed been my life. I get wrapped up in a woman almost immediately and they become my world. My first wife and I met in August. We were engaged in October. I moved in with her in January. And we got married in March. Seven months. And we made it last seven years. 
My second wife and I met in September and I moved in with her in January. But we spaced things out after that. We were engaged almost three years into the relationship and married a year and a half after that. Anyway, my point is I'm a fool for love. And I'm not sure that will ever change. There are other things that still give me joy. Like sad bastard music. The thing that gave this podcast its name. That makes me happy. I mean, it also makes me sad or amplifies sadness I already feel. For years, I listened to those songs without knowing love at all. And I yearned for it. But I also yearned for heartbreak in a weird way. Like I felt the pain in Robert Smith's voice as he painted a story of deep love gone wrong. And the anger and despair Trent Reznor channeled through his music. And that love for feeling those things has been with me since then. Not that there's anything anyone would look forward to in the aftermath of a breakup. It's one thing to picture the relationship the song's about, quite another to live the song out. But to be sure, there were times during both marriages when I was miserable, and the music comforted me. Lately, though, I haven't been listening to music much. I've been avoiding sad songs. Maybe I need to change that. I need to lean into those scary feelings. Change my relationship with my unchangeable past. Listen to Phoebe Bridger's Punisher and lose my fucking mind. On the upside, I only have a month and a half left in this town. Moving to New York is going to change my life so much all on its own. I'm looking forward to making new friends when I move. That's something that's really been missing in my life. I've been so resistant to laying down roots here in D.C. since the only root I had was my ex. Not that I've ever been good at making friends unless it was through other people. And the only people I've known here were those I met through her. And they're all gone. But I'm changing, so why can't that change? I'm pretty sure most of what's kept me in this loop of misery is just being alone here. Not to mention during a fucking pandemic. Plus, when I move, I'll be close to my family, which is going to help immensely. Just having a five-minute phone conversation with any of them helps me feel better. So seeing them face-to-face will make a world of difference. And I already have friends out there. And friends I've made online that I'm looking forward to meeting. We'll see. Speaking of people I've interacted with online, I think it's time to respond to some submissions. First up is Ethan, who wrote, I'm beginning to allow myself to suck, to stop being so precious with my work. Thank you. Don't thank me, Ethan. Thank David F. Wynn, my fiction writing professor who gave me that sage piece of advice. I've actually been putting it into practice with the scripts I write for this podcast. I was very precious with them before I went on hiatus last year. Now I just write whatever comes out and then record it and I don't look back. Whatever they are, they are. If this week's isn't great, maybe next week's will be. Some weeks they're like a diary. 
Others, they're more like a show, I suppose. A Dave talk. This week, I felt like answering questions. A bunch of questions. Or at least more than I have in a couple of weeks. And I try not to feel bad when I don't feel so good about an episode here or there. That's life. I'm not going to be on all the time. What feels nice is I've been allowing myself to step back a bit from things. Without guilt. Or much guilt. There's always this little nagging voice that says, You should post a meme. Keep your audience entertained. But I'm listening to shoulds less. I prefer doing what I need to do. Or not doing anything much at all. When I get back to New York and settle in, I intend to get back to the novel I'd been writing before I moved to D.C. When I can. No pressure at all. If I choose to do something new, that's fine too. I look at the ten or so unfinished novels I wrote as experience. They weren't wastes of time. I developed a voice. A skill. And I'll get back to it. And it'll make me feel amazing. Like starting a new relationship. And then the honeymoon phase. And when I hit the wall, I will forgive myself and try again the next day. And maybe for once I could keep that momentum going. So good for you, Ethan. I'm really glad that you decided to just let shit go. Gabrielle asked, The Cure versus The Smiths. Fuck The Smiths. Never liked their music, never liked Morrissey. Love The Cure, though. Pornography, their fourth album, is my favorite album of all time. I mean, my top 10 or 20 albums all fluctuate all the time. But some of them have been on that list for many, many years, and I think Pornography was the first one. It was the first time I heard an album that felt like it was perfect. For me. Taste is, of course, subjective. I mean, some people like the Smiths. Next up is Sophia, who wrote, I met someone and we had a huge connection and everything is going fast and I'm scared. I don't know why. Help! First off, that's awesome. And it is scary. But I only know huge and fast. I mean, unless the first dates were terrible and didn't lead to second dates. The long relationships I've been in have never really started with dating, per se. My two marriages certainly didn't. I dove headfirst into love with both of them, and I don't regret that for a second, even if they both eventually ended. I know the next time I fall in love will be the same way. I don't think I'd ever know any other way. It's either all-consuming or meh. I say just go with it. Enjoy it for what it is, something new. And if something comes out of it, great. If not, at least you had a good time. Well, Deska wrote, when it takes years to recover from a breakup and then you open up and trust only to get hurt again, love will break your heart. And that's a good thing. It's good to feel. 
it's good to open your heart up. And you should never close it off just because you got hurt. We all hurt each other. We don't mean to. At least not usually. But I totally get it. I don't know how long it will take me to get over my ex. I woke up from a terrible dream featuring her the other day. We were getting back together and then suddenly she was totally nasty with me and changed her mind. There's that lingering false hope that keeps floating through my mind. But I know I'll meet someone new. And I don't know when I'll be ready to be in another relationship. But you're never really quite ready, right? It just happens. Ready or not, here's life. And then to open up again just to get hurt again? Ugh. It's bad enough you have to deal with the pain of the relationship you're getting over. Now you've got more rejection on top of that. But the good thing is, it seems like this one happened fairly quickly. It's the quick ones that seem terrible, especially when you really, really like them. But they're easy to get over. At least easier than a long relationship. And they actually help move you further down the path to recovery from that much larger thing in your past. So keep going, Waldeska. Don't let one setback keep you from trying again. Daria wrote, Sunshine saddens me sometimes because I cannot feel the joy I would want to feel about it. The side of the building my apartment windows face is a windowless green monstrosity of metal panels. It literally looks like a wall you might see at a border somewhere or a prison. And it's been such a literal looming presence during this past year, keeping me in most of the time. The wall just does not inspire living at all. And then at the end of each day that I don't leave my cell, I get to watch the steep shadows of the setting sun play across the prison wall. So yeah, I hear you completely. The sun can be wonderful, or it could be a total fucking guilt tripper. It can inspire you to get up and go, or just taunt you when you don't feel like you should. But fuck shoulds. Big Bike wrote, I'm scared things won't be normal again. That we all changed, became too fragile. I don't think there's any normal to go back to. Some things will stay the same, of course. But this has definitely been a shock to the psyche for everyone. Not to mention all of the people who died or lost their families or their jobs. I get what you're saying about being more fragile. I think that'll be the case for a lot of people. I am definitely more fragile now than pretty much ever before. But I'm also stronger somehow. Had I been able to be free and completely reckless after my ex and I split, I would more than likely be in a very different place right now. And I don't mean a better place. Not being able to do certain things for one reason or another forces you to reorganize your priorities. I had to save to move, so I couldn't really spend money on much other than essentials. And in that a change was made. I was able to have discipline over my life. 
discipline over my emotions has never been an easy thing for me. But would I have done any of that had a pandemic not been going on? I think it's pointless to think in terms of normal. The times, they are a-changing. Shinjin wrote, Last time I wrote in that I wanted to die. Now I feel much better and I hope you do too. That is so wonderful to hear, Shinjin. I'm so happy you're in a much better place now. All it takes is time and a lot of patience and discipline and the willingness to change. There's a tweet that just started floating around. I mean, I think it's from several years ago, but these things just pop up. It said, I came to realize that I didn't want to die. I just wanted my life as I knew it to end. That hit me harder than anything I've read in a long time. It describes to a T every single suicidal thought I've ever had, especially my most recent ones. And the thing is, if you give yourself time, you will find that you are making strides towards ending the life you knew and replacing it with something much better. But I wonder how many suicides are exactly that. People wishing their lives were better but feeling hopeless about them ever being able to change. Life and all of the shit you have to do just to be a person is exhausting. And a lot of it can seem truly overwhelming. The insane anxiety I would get from some of those things would make me want to jump off the roof. I'd end up lying on the floor just to ground myself. But overall, I'm feeling a lot better right now. I have things to look forward to. Not that I'm happy about them per se. But life as I knew it had ended. Nothing to do but start anew. Next up is Esther, who wrote, I thought I couldn't love someone else after my ex. I'm in love again after seven years. Damn, seven years. That's the length of both of my marriages. I mean, each. And it took me five years after my first marriage for me to find love again. I know it's still going to take a long while to get over the marriage I lost almost a year ago. But seven years? Shit. Well, congratulations on finding it again, Esther. You give me and I'm sure many others hope. Next up is D, who wrote, Finally on an SSRI for the first time. Scared but relieved I'm finally getting more help. I'm so glad to hear you're getting help. I really, really hope this works out for you. For those who don't know, SSRI stands for Selective Serotonin Reuptake Inhibitor. Serotonin is a neurotransmitter that a lot of people like to think of as the happy chemical. This is from Wikipedia. SSRIs increase the extracellular level of the neurotransmitter serotonin by limiting its reabsorption, reuptake, into the presynaptic cell. SSRIs are the most widely prescribed antidepressants in many countries. The efficacy efficacy (laughs) of SSRIs in mild or moderate cases of depression has been disputed and may be outweighed by side effects. 
One of those side effects which greatly affected me personally when I was on Prozac is the loss of libido. Of course, everyone is different. I have since switched from Prozac, which really didn't help my depression and anxiety at all, to a combination of meds that actually do help. So if your SSRI doesn't work, talk to your doctor about switching to something else. There are countless medications out there, and it can take a long time to find which ones work for you. But this is an excellent first step. Next up is Angel, who wrote, My neighbor won't stop hammering and drilling for two days. Dear fucking God, I hate noise like that. For the first three months of this year, there was construction going on up on the roof of my building. I'm just one floor down, so it was loud even when they weren't right above me. Then it stopped, and I felt at peace. Until yesterday, it started all over again. I screamed, why are you not fucking done? Yes, I am that old man. Maybe it's misophonia, a strong reaction to specific sounds. Steady banging always triggers my anxiety, which always triggers anger and a feeling of hopelessness because I can't control it. Other sounds do it to me too, like the incessant beeping of a truck backing up. It's like fucking get in the right position, goddammit, what's the problem? Maybe one day I'll live in the middle of the woods with no one around me, but would that help? Would I just get driven insane by the crickets? By the constant silence? Would I freak out over any sound that breaks the silence? I don't know. Maybe I'll never be happy. No matter how much I fight it, I am the sad bastard. Giacomo asked, What if this is as good as it gets? I just started watching Killing Eve, an incredible show I can't believe I hadn't watched sooner. There's a monologue from an episode shared by Villanelle, an assassin and one of the main characters. She's in an AA meeting, posing as someone else to get close to someone who attends the meeting, and she has a breakthrough and starts telling the truth about herself. She says, most of the time, most days I feel nothing. I don't feel anything. It is so boring. I wake up and I think, again? Really? I have to do this again? And what I really don't understand is, how come everybody else isn't screaming with, with boredom too? I try to find ways of making myself feel something. More and more and more, but it doesn't make any difference. No matter what I do, I don't feel anything. I, I hurt myself, it doesn't hurt. I buy what I want, I don't want it. I do what I like, I don't, I don't like it. I'm just so bored. As she spoke those words, I knew this was something important. 
I truly believe art comes to you when you need it. Be it a song or a TV show, a book or a play. This was the sign I had been waiting for. I am so fucking bored. Nothing makes me happy. I dip in and out of sadness and emptiness. I often wonder exactly what you asked. What if this is as good as it gets? I fucking hope not. But like I said last week, hope without work gets you nowhere. I need to work to make things better. And I will. But right now I just have to keep waking up and living. Some days are better than others. But when the pain comes on and the tears start to flow, it feels like I'm no further than where I was nearly a year ago. I'm amazed by how hard it is to let go. To put her out of my mind. To not hold on to the way I once felt. The way she once felt. The life I once knew. It feels so close still. No matter how far away I get from it, it never leaves my heart. So I'll just wait. I move in a month and a half. I can get through this. I will get through this. This is not as good as it gets. This is about as bad as it gets. Things will get better. And one day this will all be a distant memory. Well, that's all for this week. Thanks very much for listening. As always, please subscribe to this podcast if you don't already. Rate, review, and share with everyone you know who could benefit from it. And follow my Instagram accounts, Nick Cave and the Bad Memes and Sad Peaks. I do Q&As almost every day where you can tell me what's on your mind. And I might reply on a future episode. And follow me on the Stereo app, where I do a live podcast, um every week or so (laughs) trying to keep it a regular thing but sometimes life gets in the way this week it'll be on saturday night go to stereo.com backslash the sad bastard i'll be back next week until then change your relationship with your unchangeable past taking me down my friend they usher me off to my end Well, I bid you adieu well, I'll be seeing you soon What they say around here is true 